We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Net- Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Mike Amatuli. Growing tired of the corporate grind, Mike and his co-founder, Kevin, started their digital marketing agency, Prime Digital. Four and a half years later, Prime Digital helps small businesses all over the U.S. and Canada attract more customers through search engine optimization and web design, among other things. Going into 2021, they focused on making business owners aware of ADA compliance and how it can protect their business and help them save money. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me. What's going on? Uh, staying warm, <laughs> trying to, as we've got crazy snow, I'm done with winter. Um, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, I, I was kind of, I had my fingers crossed on groundhog today, but we didn't really get too lucky with that. Oh, I know quite unfortunate. <laughs> well, I'm excited for this conversation, web design and search engine optimization is a space that I've got a lot of expertise and background in and love connecting with others in this space. So um, it always turns into way deeper fun talks than, than initially intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's get started. So what is website accessibility and ADA compliance? So website accessibility really has to do with, you know, making your website accessible to everybody, whether they have some, uh, some form of disability or not, whether they're blind, colorblind, some uh, kind of motor, motor impairment. Um, and ADA compliance is basically making sure that your website complies with the Americans with Disabilities Act. So, um, you know, if somebody's using a screen reader or um, if they need to maybe adjust the size of the font on your website or, you know, change the color contrast, whatever makes it easier for them to read it and navigate it um, and, and clearly understand what your, you know, the information on your website is really what it comes down to. And, um, you know, that's, what we're trying to kind of spread awareness on nowadays, because almost I would say around 20% of America has some form of disability like that. So, um, you know, we don't want to exclude, you know, uh, a fifth of the country from the internet and websites and, you know, access to, you know, everyday needs, everybody uses the internet. So we want to make sure that um, it's accessible to everyone. So why is ADA compliance beneficial to the small business owner? So it's beneficial to them because um, if you decide to, you know, take some actions in making your website ADA compliant, the government will actually, um, the the government will give you half of what you you spend uh, up to $10,250 back in the form of a tax credit at the end of the year. So, um, you know, whatever you spend, um, you do have to be eligible for it. So um, as a small business, you can qualify by one of two ways. You can either have less than 30 full-time employees or be doing under a million dollars a year in annual revenue. Um, but if you meet either one of those, you know, if you spend five grand, eight grand, whatever it is, um, 
you know, you'll receive half of that spend back in a tax credit. And, um, and you can get that every year that you're eligible for it. Every year. So if you continue to work on it over time or just, yeah, as long as you, ma- yeah, as long as you maintain your compliance, um, you meet one of those two requirements, um, you'll continue to get that tax write off and, um, and protect yourself from lawsuits. So, you know, if you're going to have a website and even do SEO, you know, you might as well have the government pay for some of it. Right. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's a different conversation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what can business owners do to be compliant? Um, so I would, you know, obviously I would, I would reach out to, uh, you know, a, a web design, you know, agency that can, um, support this, um, uh, make sure that they understand, um, some of the laws, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. You can use, um, accessibility.com is a good one. It's kind of, you know, catch up and, and learn a little bit more about what it entails. And, um, you know, that's really the first place to start. Yeah, I think that's a great place. Now, I've seen a number of kind of widgets and plugins to support some of that. Is that what you recommend or is it more of a, a custom coded experience to to be um, accessible? Yeah, so there are a lot of those out there, and um, unfortunately, um, there there really aren't any shortcuts to ADA compliance. Um, you know, and and there's a lot of big companies. You'd be surprised that you know they they might throw on a plugin um, or use one of these overlay tools, but it, it's not enough to get you in a hundred percent compliance. You know, there's going to be things that um, people could still poke at and find that you know might be an issue. So. Um, there's some evaluation tools that we use to kind of uncover some of those areas of opportunity to kind of clean up the website a little bit. Um, a lot of what we do, um, we want to avoid plugins and things like that. We want to make sure, um, a lot of what we do is in WordPress, but, um, you know, it's, it's building the website. It might be a little bit of code, but for the most part, um, it's just, you know, a regular web builder that, you know, we can use and, uh, making sure that we're kind of following the checklist and making sure that everything that you want and on your website is going to be compliant. Sure. Yeah. I know, um, when we've worked on client sites in the past and they asked for ADA compliance, some of the challenge is, you know, they want it super visually pleasing, um, which there's some contradiction with, being, you know, I want an amazing design, but it needs to be ADA mm-hmm. compliant. So how, how would you tackle mm-hmm. that one? Um, it, it's really, so how I look at it is from like, kind of like a revenue perspective or like really, what are you looking to get out of your website? Yep. Do you want the, do you want the flashy Ferrari with like no gas in it? It's not going to get you anywhere. Or <laughs> do you, or do you want like the Prius that's going to go or, or Tesla that's going to go a million miles and, you know, get seen by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you, how I want, how I want you to view a website is as a sales tool, you know, it's not just a, a brochure to show people. Um, it should be converting, you know, potential customers and, and visitors into new business and customers for life. So, um, how we kind of position that we want them to see the value in having a functional website that, um, is going to attract as many people as possible and get the point across that, you have a solution to their problem versus just having all the bells and whistles, because that's really not what people are going to, you know, your website for. They can, they can find that on Instagram and TikTok, you know? Uh, yeah. You're speaking my language hundred um, percent. I remember we, 
Oh, this is a few years back, but we stopped a potential opportunity because their number one mission was to win awards with their website and really not serve the purpose of who their target audience was. And, and at the end of the day, you know, we can design amazing sites, don't get me wrong, but I want to make sure that we're building a site that's actually going to serve your audience, not not just focused on winning awards. Sure. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mike... The purpose of this show is to really talk about um, networking and relationships and help um, anyone that has this fear kind of overcome these. So can you share mm-hmm. with our listeners one of your favorite networking stories or experiences that you've had? Yeah, of course. So it, it might be a little bit unique, um, but aside from tra- you know like traditional networking and just showing up to an event, um, it kind of started with me. Um, I belong to a CrossFit gym, a little bit different than like a Planet Fitness or like an LA Fitness or something like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, you go to the gym and you don't talk to anybody and just get a workout in. Um, CrossFit's a little bit more personable. And, um, you know, I've been going to that same gym for probably seven, eight years now with the same people working out with them every day. So you obviously get to know these people, they're friends. And um, I had an opportunity um, probably four or five years ago to um, one of the coaches there had a like boot camp workout type class and I had an opportunity to build a website for her. And once I did that, you know, I was able to build, rebuild my, uh, a new design for my gym's website. And then, you know, once people start to get wind of who did this website, who did that, they, you know, people had no idea what I was doing. They would just see me at the gym. They were asking about work. So once they started to find out that, you're the guy for web design or SEO or marketing and things like that, you know, where it kind of starts to spread. So, um, it just brought me some opportunities to network with people that are in my gym because our business professionals that go there and, um, myself and a few others that we're doing business, um, together and we worked out together, we ended up starting our own networking group. Um, that was a little bit more laid back, not so, you know, uptight professionals, just more, you know, getting people that we knew, um, could benefit from networking with each other. We had relationships with other people. We kind of started to organically build our own networking group. And then, you know, we all had our own relationships, right? So we would go out and support each other's fundraisers, um, other networking events that they belong to, um, stuff for their own companies. You know, we would just kind of just be a team and, um, you know, put ourselves in positions with meeting people that we knew each other wanted to do business with or, um, you know, get to know. So, um, it was just like a, an easier way to network. I, I enjoyed, you know, networking in that, in that way where it wasn't, you weren't pressured to like show up an event, you know, create a relationship out of thin air. It was just, you know, you had people that you knew you, that, you know, you were going to these events with your friends basically. And, you know, they had intros to people that you, you want to know, or you can do the same for them. So, um, a little bit more organic and it was just a nice way to, um, you know, develop relationships that way. Love it. And, and I agree that there's oftentimes you're going to find opportunity as you talked about in the gym and the places that you typically went and have anticipated that happening. Um, yeah, I never, never would have expected that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite types of stories, actually, whenever mm-hmm. anyone kind of goes off the, the traditional path. Um, so how do you nurture these relationships that you've created? 
Um, I guess it's a combination of things. I think the go-to for everybody is pretty much social media, especially now with, you know, not being able to network as often, especially in person. Um, you know, you, you, you try to post a little bit more, you know, maybe on Facebook or Instagram, posting videos. Um, so I, I, on the social media side, I try to do a mix of that. Um, I'll record a video, post it on LinkedIn, post it in some groups. Um, maybe post some, some case studies, but um, really that all comes back to just really free advice. You know, it's, you know, probably my best networking tip, I guess, in general, um, is just giving a lot more than you take, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a back and forth relationship, but really, um, you know, you really are in the business of helping people. That's just going to be natural for you. You're just going to naturally want to help people and just give as much as you can. And, um, that's eventually going to come back around to you. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot more than just doing the posting and just hoping the content gets out there, but, you know, like go out on LinkedIn, see what other people are posting, you know, can you comment, give an answer, can you chime in or help or, you know, engage with their content? Can you share it? Um, little things like that go a long way for people. Um, especially on a platform like LinkedIn where, uh, LinkedIn, where, organic reach is so much more powerful than on like a Facebook where you're not really reaching as much of your followers as you would think. Um, even just a few likes and comments and shares, um, could really spread to, you know, a few hundred people. So you never know who who that's going to be put in front of. Um, you might have people that you're connected with that they might not be, but might be a good opportunity for them to kind of do business or have a conversation. So, um, so when it comes to that, I, I, I try to just, see what other people are doing, you know, can I repost it for you? Can I comment or chime in or give some advice? Um, I think that's really the best way to kind of, once again, going back to the organic thing, like you're not actively looking for business. If just by helping people, that's going to lead to those opportunities to get there. I love that. I mean, really just being a giver, like you said, just sharing the information and um, especially right now, social media is a great place to uh, engage and be of value and service to those that are basically raising their hands saying they want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Or people that are following you or connected with you. That's, um, that's basically what's happening. Absolutely. What advice would you have for the, um, those professionals that want to grow their network? Um, so advice like that, I would say don't beat around the bush. So like if you are, you know, if you're trying to get something out of like networking or, you know, you're having conversations with people like, you know, you want to be upfront. You don't want to like really schmooze them too much. You know, you're, you want to build a genuine relationship and you want to say, Hey, here's what I do. Um, these are the type of people I like to do business with and, um, really just make them a friend. You know, people like to do business that they already, you know, that they know, like, and trust. So you want to, check off each one of those boxes before even mentioning like, Hey, let's hop on a call or like, you know, offer some kind of business, you know, like it's so much easier to get behind a friend than it is a total stranger. So, um, if you can genuinely make that type of relationship happen and, um, support each other that way, I think the the networking and business aspect is going to go a lot farther than it would when you're just trying to drum up business out of thin air. Um, like I was talking about earlier, but aside from that, um, you know, what, what the other thing I would advise is go to, you know, who has your customers, you know, 
the people that you like to do business with, who already has those types of customers? Is it a CPA, a financial advisor? Um, is it a manufacturer or supplier or whoever it is? Like who already has your client base that you can, you know, speak with and benefit from relationship with and, and see how you guys can help each other out. I think that's a great piece of advice. And there's, I'm definitely a fan of that um, strategic partnership or, um, you know, shared uh, networking and kind of, I mean, referral passing or yeah. um, you're making uh, intentional introductions. Um, there's definitely great power partners is, is really what you're talking about. Um, yeah. and I think that's a smart move uh, to really start building the right relationships based on whatever goals that you have. Right. Cause then you could, I mean, you're, if, uh, if they're going to bring you in and, and have them work with their customer base and make, make their customer base yours, um, you know, your goal is to make them look like a hero. You know, did they do the right thing by bringing you in and just helping them, you know, blow up the business that they're already doing. Love it. Here's a fun one. Mike, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh my God. I don't, I don't even think I had a beer when I was 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I was 20 again, I would tell him to just, um, just be a little smarter, invest a little bit more in yourself. Um, take better care of yourself too. Cause at, at that age, you can kind of, you can get away with, you know, running yourself to the ground. You got a ton of energy, but like, you know, um, forget like the developing skills part. That's definitely super important. I would tell him to you spend more time on, you know, developing your computer skills, your personal skills, um, getting better at just building rapport and developing relationships. Those are obviously some important things that, um, you know, if you're able to do that early on in your career, it's just going to make, you know, you look, people aren't going to be like, Oh, this kid's, you know, this guy's a kid, this is a kid, you know, I can't do business with him. But, um, if you kind of develop those skills early on, it's going to make you seem a little bit more mature and people are going to want to do business with you. But, um, just being smart and taking care of your body, um, maybe reading more, you know, little developing little habits like that, um, that are absolutely going to, you know, set yourself apart from everybody else. You know, that's, you know, at that age is probably partying and not taking school seriously or things like that. I know that was, that was me. And, um, you know, if I had even just tweaked a couple little things, you know, you know, getting, uh, getting out of bed earlier or something like that, I think would, uh, you know, definitely, you know, impact, uh, you know, where you're at 10 years later. I, I agree with that. I think the biggest thing that I would say are trying to get into healthy habits earlier on. And, and that's super broad, but yeah, like you said, reading, working out, eating healthy, waking up earlier. Those are all um, activities that I, I really try to focus on now, but because it was not, it's not a habit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's harder to, you know, what you can't train an old dog, new tricks. Not that I'm that old yet, but um, I've definitely got some years under my belt and it would be a little different if I was practicing those activities my, when I was 20 years old. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, you, you'd think it'd be a no brainer to like, Hey, don't eat a whole pizza, but like they'll, <laughs> at that age, they'll do it anyway. Right. First, well, you're a growing boy, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> right. 
And it doesn't go to your waist when you're 20 years old. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Not like today. That's for sure. Um, Nope. All right. Let's talk about the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the sixth degree? Oh man. Um, I really think I could. So I I had trouble narrowing it down to one person. I did get it down to two. Um, They kind of overlap a little bit. So I'm actually, I'm still in mourning, but I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan, even though I'm in New York. Um, (laughs) I've been a fan my whole whole life and we just got destroyed in the Super Bowl. And um, I would love to meet or have a conversation with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously he's a stud. Um, but it would probably narrow it down between him or, or Paul Rudd. He's also a big cheese fan. He's hilarious. Probably my favorite actor. Um, so I think, I mean, I think if I like kind of ask around, I could probably connect with like somebody in the NFL, you know, somewhere around here that could probably connect to another guy that's played with somebody that's played with someone on the chiefs. Maybe, um, that I could even get in touch with maybe Mahomes or even get in touch with somebody on the Chiefs that knows Paul Rudd. I think that could be done in six degrees. I'd really have to like figure out who the best research that would be, but I think it is possible. Sure. I believe it could happen if you if you set your mind to it. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about that. I, I actually love that question because I've never really dug into how that would be possible, but I think it's doable. So, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question, Mike, um, give you the opportunity to interview me here. What, what is it that you'd like to ask me? Oh, fun. Awesome. Lori. So now that you are the guest, um, what is something being that we're both in the marketing world, what is something that you're going to be doing with your agency this year that, um, that, so there's something that you're going to, what's the one thing that you're going to be doing more of this year to kind of, um, I guess maybe improve your processes or something that's going to be helpful with clients. Like what's one thing that you want to focus on for 2021? Oh, wow. That's a good one. (laughs) I'm spending (laughs) a lot of time really kind of reflecting on some of what my goal setting was for this year. Um, I mean, I, I'm a, it sounds like we have a lot of similarities, you know, give, give, give tons of information is being shared Mm -hmm. and published. And this is something that we've been doing a lot of, you know, webinars, podcasts, blogs, emails, you name it, you know, we're doing it. Um, But I I really want to help our, I want to give our clients more love this year. You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of the activities we're doing is just the general public and community. And I want to be more intentional about what I'm sharing that is adding value specifically to my clients versus, um, you know, sharing with the masses. So I am putting more of thought into the, that relationship. Right. I love that. I, I totally agree. That's, I think that's an area of opportunity for myself and my, my partner, Kevin, as well. Um, you know, I think we do a, a good amount of communication with them, but even just, just even just checking in again, you know, you know, you're kind of checking the boxes off and you're getting stuff done for them, but like, is there anything else that you could be missing? Like, Hey, are you, you know, is there anything else that we're missing that we can be doing for you? And just, I mean, I've, I'm sure you've seen it too, but even the little things like you never want to give anyone the benefit of the doubt that they even know how to use a computer to start. And, uh, you know, sometimes you see, they don't, they don't know how to do little things that are easy for us. So, yep. um, I think that that's an opportunity that could come up. And if you can do something small like that, you, you know, you look like a hero. 
Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. And, and it's, it's something that, um, I'm going to make a priority. It is important mm-hmm. to, um, to really put the time and energy to give, give our best selves to our clients. Yeah, that's great. What about you? I'm going to throw that one back at you. Oh man. Um, I mean, it goes back to the beginning of the show, really. I mean, I, I feel like with this, you know, with ADA compliance, um, it's something that's totally, not totally overlooked, but a lot of people really don't know about. And, um, you know, it might not be the biggest issue right now, but it's going to be something that's popping up more and more often. And it's something that I want to at least put on the table for my clients, whether they want to um, indulge in it or not. Um, you know, it's not only, you know, it's, it's protecting their business. It could save them money potentially. Um, but, you know, there's a huge market out there that is just being left on the table. And um, if you take the necessary actions to make your website compliant and accessible to, you know, to that market, um, you know, they're going to choose you over the, over your competition every day of the week. They're going to be super loyal and they're going to want to do business with you because you're there to help them out. And it's great. I, I, I love the approach there. And, and it's definitely a topic that is getting a lot more attention and awareness. And I think mm-hmm. it's a really important topic to be addressing because um, I mean, it's covering a bigger topic nationally and even globally, just about um, being inclusive and um, including every, you know, everyone in the conversation and not mm-hmm. just segmenting who has access to what in general. Right. Nice. Any final words of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Yeah, but uh, it's pretty simple. You, you don't get what you don't ask for, you know? So um, don't be afraid to, you know, comment on somebody's post or share it or, um, you know, ask them if they know somebody, whatever it is, you know, um, you know, you're, you're doing that at a, you know, you're there to help people. And if you can do that, they're going to help you right back. And, um, it's a cyclical, cyclical thing, you know, um, there's so much stuff going on that the more positivity that you can put out there, it's just going to, um, I, I, I think it just works exponentially. You know, you kind of spread it here and there and people are going to do the same for others. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and, um, you never know what you're going to get back. Absolutely. You just got to get over that little hurdle called fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but once you get over it, you realize it wasn't as bad as you initially thought it to be. Yeah, it, it could always be so much worse. Mike, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way they can reach you? Um, aside from carrier pigeon, um, phone or email <laughs> works. <laughs> um, you can uh, you can reach me. Um, you could shoot me an email at mike at prime digital com or um, give me a call at 516-500-1080. All right. We will include that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Mike. Awesome, Laurie. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun with you. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Mike for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking, check out our Facebook group. If you have a question for me, shoot me an email, laurie at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. 
That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.